However, today we celebrate that the bond that we share is so much bigger and so much more powerful than a building that we go to once a week. We celebrate that we are ultimately united, not by a place, but by the person of Jesus. He is the one who connects us. He is the one who, in some mysterious way, is able to hold us together across time and space. He is the one who makes us one so that we can stand strong, come what may. As we recognize his presence here with us today, would you join me in lighting your Christ candle at home at this time? Stories of the Bible. God sends the Holy Spirit. These are the apostles. They followed Jesus during his time on earth. Before Jesus went to heaven, he told them to stay in Jerusalem until God sent the gift he promised. See ya! So after Jesus went to heaven, the apostles stayed in Jerusalem along with the other people who believed in Jesus. One day they were all gathered together when there was a sound from heaven like a mighty windstorm. Then what looked like flames appeared and settled on each of them, and everyone was filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gave them the ability to speak in other languages, and so they started speaking. At that time, there were devout Jews. It is such a gift to be a part of a community like ours in a time like this. In fact, let's begin this morning with a little celebration of that community. The past two Fridays, we've experienced and been blessed by Broadway's Got Talent. Broadway members have shared videos showcasing their talents and offering hope to the rest of us. We've had songs and jokes, videos of kids and pets. Joe Rush even shared the bulletin drawings he creates during worship each week, apparently to stay awake during the sermon. Each episode, I have found myself feeling especially close to you and very, very grateful for our community. These pictures are screenshots of the small groups and Bible studies and book clubs that started last week. Thank you to all of those who are strengthening old connections, forming new ones, and finding ways to grow, even in this strange time. This is a wave parade organized by one of our early learning center classes for teacher appreciation week. us. Before we go into the week ahead, let me share a few next steps with you today. First, if there's any way that we can be praying for you, if there's any spiritual step that you'd like to take, or if you're new to our community, you can let us know that by filling out the communication form on the online platform or through the Broadway app. Also, if you'd like to respond in worship today by giving, we invite you to do that now. You can do that by clicking the Give button at the top of the online worship platform, by visiting our website, broadwayunited.org forward slash give, or through the Broadway app, which if you don't have that yet, you can get that by texting BUMC app to 77977. Finally, starting today, you can register your children for Vacation Bible School. 
Yes, it's still happening. We're so excited to partner with parents this summer to have an awesome virtual VBS, June the 15th through the 17th. This year's theme is focus, which will help our kids dive deeper into their faith by putting their focus on God and his amazing plan for us. To register your rising kindergartner through fifth grader and to reserve a VBS kit of all the materials that you are going to need, you can visit broadwayunited.org forward slash VBS, or if you have our app, a push notification will be coming to you right after worship today. As we prepare to go, would you join me in this benediction on the screen? As Christ burst forth from the tomb, may new life burst forth from us and show itself in acts of love and healing to a hurting world. And may the same Christ, who is the source of our new life, keep our hearts rejoicing and grant us peace this day and always. Amen.
great this love Though it's moving on my mountain It's perfect love It's casting out my fear How great this love Oh, it welcomes me like family And anywhere I go
What do you love about your mom? She is beautiful. She is kind and she loves food. Um, I love how she's so kind and loving and I also love her laugh. Because <laughs> she snuggles with me and she loves it on me. And she helped me with her work. play with mommy. You want to blow a kiss? Say, hey, good morning, everybody, and welcome back to BUMC Online, the online campus here at Broadway. I'm Lewis, and I'm your online campus pastor. Thanks for choosing to spend part of your day with us. It's going to be a great morning as we're going to continue our message series, All Things New, with Pastor Adam. We're going to sing together. We're going to pray together. We're going to light our Christ candles together, too. So make sure you've got your candle and a way to light it, and then we're going to light those together in just a few minutes. If you're joining us at BUMCOnline.org this morning, take a second and click the online communication sheet that's in the top section of the screen. If you've got any prayer requests or celebrations in your life, we would love to get the honor of praying for you and with you. If you've made a decision to follow Christ, this is also the place for you to let us know that. Also, all this is available on our app and at broadwayunited.org forward slash share. If you need pastoral care, please call 843-3942, extension 1110. Today is Mother's Day. 
And as we begin worship this morning, I would love to offer a prayer for the women of our church family. Would you pray with me? Lord God, we come to you on behalf of the mothers. We thank you for creating each mom with unique gifts and talents. We thank you for the many sacrifices that she makes on behalf of her family. We pray for you to give each mom strength as she shapes the world through moments in her home. And yet we know that this is a difficult journey. We pray for the single mom as she trusts you to provide for her and her children. We pray for the woman unable to have a child. Give her peace. We pray for foster mothers and the women who stand in the gap. We pray for the mother who grieves the loss of her child. Give her comfort. We pray for the child who grieves the loss of their mother. Show your mercy. Hear our prayer. We praise you for the Christ-like example set for us by these women. And thank you for all the ways we experience your love through them. Bless them. Keep them. Make your face shine upon them and give them peace. Amen. Good morning, everyone. As we enter into worship today, I'll be honest. I really wish that I were across town looking at the faces of the people at the Greenwood campus, or I was looking out and being able to hear the voices of the people who are normally gathered here. I miss you. And I know that all of you are missing being in your familiar, normal spaces for worship as well. However, today we celebrate that the bond that we share is so much bigger and so much more powerful than a building that we go to once a week. We celebrate that we are ultimately united, not by a place, but by the person of Jesus. He is the one who connects us. He is the one who in some mysterious way is able to hold us together across time and space. He is the one who makes us one so that we can stand strong come what may. As we recognize his presence here with us today, would you join me in lighting your Christ candle at home at this time? And would you join me in this call to worship, joining in on the underlined parts. By the tender mercies of our God, the dawn from on high will break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet in the way of peace. We come this morning in the hope of resurrection, convinced that nothing in life or in death can separate us from your love in Christ Jesus, our Lord. We offer ourselves now in worship, trusting that even now and in every way, you are making all things new. Amen. Good morning, church. It is such a joy to be here with you today. So would you stand on up? Even if it feels a little weird, that's okay. Stand up and we're going to join our voices together. This is one of the biggest ways that we stay connected during this time, singing together, praising together, worshiping together. We are still a family, no matter how far apart we are. So would you stand as we sing together, praise the Lord, the Almighty. To the Lord, the Almighty, the King of creation. Oh. 
so amazed about um, how long the spring has lasted. And I don't know if it's just we're taking every day so slow, but it, it seems like all around us, things are springing to life. And I was so moved the other day when we were having the freeze and when uh, everybody, I went, I 
was walking down the street that we walked down all the time and people had all of their stuff covered to protect what was coming to life. And I feel like we're in this place of God is making all things new. That's his promise. We have a promise keeper God and he is making all things new right now. And so we just lean into that. You know, I want to be aware. I want us as the church to be aware of the things that he's making new all around us, within my own heart and within the world, within our church. He's promised that he's doing it. So we lean into that this morning.
Yes, we are free. Oh, God, help us to remember that. It doesn't take long to look around and feel that we are not. There's so many places where we are living completely afraid. God, help us. Lord, we need you. We need you to remind us of who we are. God, we need you to remind us of our connection to you. You didn't just create us and leave us. God, we need you to remind us of our connection to one another. Every single one of us. So God, as you've stirred in our hearts, God, these, these places that we feel like we need to fight or we need to stand our ground or Jesus, Jesus. Lord, have mercy. Help us to remember. And God, as we continue in worship this morning, I thank you so much for these beautiful people that are in their houses, they're in their cars, they're in parking lots trying to find Wi-Fi. God, I pray that you bless them this morning. God, that they would feel your presence this morning, that they would have a a keen awareness that you are with them and that you are for them and that you are continuing the work that you started, God, and that you are going to be faithful to the end. God, help us, help us, help us to remember that. And God, we just worship you this morning. We worship you with these voices that will not be quiet. We worship with these hearts that will not stray, but will keep coming back to you, Jesus. We love you and we praise you. Holy Spirit, guide us this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Stories of the Bible. God sends the Holy Spirit. These are the apostles. They followed Jesus during his time on earth. Before Jesus went to heaven, he told them to stay in Jerusalem until God sent the gift he promised. See ya! So after Jesus went to heaven, the apostles stayed in Jerusalem along with the other people who believed in Jesus. One day they were all gathered together when there was a sound from heaven like a mighty windstorm. Then what looked like flames appeared and settled on each of them, and everyone was filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gave them the ability to speak in other languages, and so they started speaking. At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, they came running to see what it was. When they saw the believers speaking in their own languages, they were shocked and amazed. They wondered, how can this be? These people are from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages about the wonderful things God has done. What can this mean? But others in the crowd didn't believe that it was really a miracle and thought the believers were just acting oddly. Then Peter stepped forward and shouted to the crowd, Hey, all you! Listen carefully, all you. He told them that they were not acting strangely, but that this was from God. 
He reminded them that God said this would happen long ago. Then Peter told them about how Jesus was crucified, but then raised to life again, just as God had said he would be. He told them that Jesus was now in heaven and that God had given the Holy Spirit to them as he had promised. Peter's words changed what the people thought and felt, and they asked, Brothers, what should we do? Peter told them, Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Wow! Peter continued to preach to the crowd for a long time, and those who believed what Peter said were baptized. 3,000 people were baptized and added to the church that day. Then all the believers listened to the apostles' teaching and practiced what they taught. Hey! They met together in fellowship, shared meals, and prayed together. They were amazed as the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. All the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. Here you go. Take this. Oh, thank you. They helped those in need. Here, this is for you. Thank you. Worshiped together at the temple every day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy all while praising God and enjoying each other. And each day, God added to their fellowship those who were being saved. This morning's scripture reading comes from the book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 1 through 12, and also verses 42 through 47. Let's listen for the unity as seen on the day of Pentecost and in the birth of the new church. When the day of Pentecost came, and they were all together in one place, suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven, When they heard the sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all of these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia, and Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they ask one another, what does this mean? And picking up in verse 42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. 
such a gift to be a part of a community like ours in a time like this. In fact, let's begin this morning with a little celebration of that community. The past two Fridays, we've experienced and been blessed by Broadway's Got Talent. Broadway members have shared videos showcasing their talents and offering hope to the rest of us. We've had songs and jokes, videos of kids and pets. Joe Rush even shared the bulletin drawings he creates during worship each week, apparently to stay awake during the sermon. Each episode, I have found myself feeling especially close to you and very, very grateful for our community. These pictures are screenshots of the small groups and Bible studies and book clubs that started last week. Thank you to all of those who are strengthening old connections, forming new ones, and finding ways to grow, even in this strange time. This is a wave parade organized by one of our early learning center classes for Teacher Appreciation Week. These kiddos drove by the homes of Miss Elise and Miss Meredith, and they will be heading to kindergarten next year, so this was a way to say goodbye, as well as say thank you. This week, our ELC held virtual graduation so we could celebrate our wonderful pre-K students and send them on with great hopes for them and for their future. Finally, this is Marge and Brenda. Both attend our Greenwood campus. Both women are widows. Both have lost sons. And both are also such an encouragement to me and to the rest of us. Now, where Brenda lives, the internet isn't so good and she hasn't been able to attend church online. So Marge has been calling Brenda up on Sundays at 10 a.m. and holding up the phone to the computer so Brenda can worship. These are all signs that in the midst of hard things, God is doing new things. And I think you probably could tell your own story of something new that is sort of breaking forth in your new reality, in your experience, something almost beyond our control, something that God... God is doing. And so that new thing is a little hard to describe, and, and yet that's exactly what we want to do today. We want to begin to define the new thing that God might be doing among us. That's, that's hard to do. It's hard to see that thing that, that is happening in front of us. It's hard to predict the future, as Yogi Berra has said. It's uh, especially hard to predict things, especially the future. And yet, there are some things we can know, and today I want to speak to that. I want us to walk away with a sense of, maybe an outline of what God is doing, where we can start to notice, and, and maybe some pegs to hang some things on as we begin to notice the thing, the very thing that God is doing, the new thing that is happening around us. It's hard to predict the future, and yet there is absolutely something we can know about the new thing God is doing. And I want to repeat that. There is something we can absolutely know about the new thing God is doing. It will involve people. And that's because God's intention throughout history has been to form a people for himself, a people that he could be in special relationship with and to give special responsibility, a special calling in the world, a people of his own a people that he could nurture, a people that could find their value in him and find their values through him. Dallas Willard has said, the aim of God in history is to create an all-inclusive community of loving persons with himself at the center 
as the prime sustainer and most glorious inhabitant. But like Adam and Eve, we have consistently chosen to hide from God rather than walk with him in the cool of the day. Like Cain and Abel, we have consistently throughout history chosen violence over compassion and community. Like the people who built the Tower of Babel, we have consistently tried to make a name for ourselves rather than put God at the center as our prime sustainer and most glorious inhabitant. And yet still, God has consistently worked to form a people from the wayward and fragmented and broken people of the world. He called Abraham to be a great nation, a nation of people more numerous than the stars and a nation to bless all other nations. He carried a slave people out of Egypt on wings like eagles, Exodus says, saying to them, I will be your God and you will be my people. He set this people up in a promised land with special blessing and special responsibility and consistently these people rejected God, turning and going their own way, forgetting him. And so God responded by sending prophets to speak his word and call the people back. Ultimately, God sent his own son to restore and redeem and reclaim his people. And the people of God rejected the son of God. They tortured him and crucified him and discarded him. But even then, and maybe even more so, God committed himself to his people that his own death would be the means through which he would claim those people and then ultimately all people through the redemptive work of Jesus on the cross and in the empty tomb. Luke understands this is exactly what's happening at Pentecost, that God was fulfilling the prophecies of For example, Joel, who had said, On that day I will pour out my Holy Spirit on all people. Young and old alike will speak with God's voice, see with God's eyes, and dream God's dreams. Jesus had come to earth as Emmanuel, and now the Spirit of Jesus would be Emmanuel for all people, forming a new people out of all the peoples of the earth. And what then do you think was the first thing that happened? A community formed. An all-inclusive community of loving persons with God at the center. And this community was something new. Now, that's not to say there weren't communities like this in the ancient world. There were. There were communities much like in our world that were organized around civic responsibilities or some sort of trade or even religious or philosophical societies, even idealistic societies uh, or groups had, had formed, but none were exactly like this. And Luke tells us why. He tells us that this community was gathered around the apostles' teaching, and by that he means the teaching of Jesus given directly to, uh, through those who had been around Jesus. And that teaching, though we don't know what it, it was, what Luke, Luke doesn't record that in Acts, we can guess what kinds of things they were sitting around talking about right after Pentecost. How Jesus had said the first would be last and the last would be first, or that this would be good news for the poor, 
or that this was a movement of loving enemies or that we should turn the other cheek or that we should go the extra mile. And so naturally, this community began to live those teachings of Jesus. The apostles had also seen Jesus teach by example. They had been at the table with Jesus when he ate with tax collectors and sinners. And so naturally, they centered their life at the table, eating with people that they might not have had the time of day for before in their old normal, in their new normal. This became a community of all sorts of people, breaking down all sorts of barriers. The apostles had also been there when Jesus had demonstrated what love looks like. Having said and then lived out that greater love has no one than this, that they would lay down their life for their friends. And so it redefined what love is. It wasn't a nice feeling or a philosophical concept or a religious principle. It was the lived agape experience of community, of people doing things for one another in acts of love, sacrificing for one another, giving up all kinds of privileges for the privilege of this new thing God was doing in their midst. And so this community began to lay down their lives for each other, all because the Holy Spirit of God had broken in. There was a sign that this was something bigger than any one person or any movement of people. This was something God was doing. There was a rush of a mighty wind, and there were flames, tongues of fire over each person, each of the disciples, as they were now able to communicate in ways that everybody could understand. God was breaking down barriers. God was undoing that curse of Eden. And so then the people began to walk with God in the cool of the day through prayer, through times of worship. God was undoing the curse of Cain and Abel. And people began to realize they were, in fact, their brother's keeper. God was undoing the curse of Babel. And so now not even language, not even the most basic man-made barriers would be an obstacle to the community God was forming out of all the peoples of the earth. Galatians would later describe this new community that developed. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Jesus had prayed for this, that we would be one just as he and the Father were one. And Pentecost was the answer to Jesus' prayer. Now, what does what God did then in the community, the post-Pentecost community then, what does that say about what God is doing now? Well, thank you for asking. I think there are three things that we can say. Number one, whatever the new thing is that God is doing among us, it will be boundary breaking. Let's face it. Our old normal was divisive, politically, religiously, because of race or because of key issues. We have come to accept the fact that we can't all be together, that we can't get along, that division and violence are just a part of our lives, that we must separate from one another. We have assumed that these divisions are inevitable, and that's 
that's our fundamental problem. That in the post-Pentecost community, God has torn down all these barriers and people of faith must recognize it. We have believed that Palestinians and Israelis have always fought and will continue to do so. We've thought that blacks and whites just don't mix in worship. We've decided that political views offset spiritual unity. And the church has too often acquiesced to this story of division rather than the prayer of Jesus. In the church growth movement of the 80s and 90s, pastors were taught the homogeneous unit principle, which is a fancy way of saying that people like to hang around with people who are like them. And so churches were actually instructed to build communities around common demographic shared identities. And we have lived into that reality over the last 20 or 30 or 40 years. We have systematically constructed churches that are uniform. Birds of a feather have flocked together. But Pentecost doesn't make everyone the same, does it? Unity doesn't mean uniformity. In fact, Pentecost actually shows the Spirit's desire to reach into the diversity of this world and not make us all the same, but yet still make us all one. And that this is the very work of the Spirit of God in every time. Our failure to believe that it is possible is our failure, and it is a failure of faith. As we think about our mission of invite, grow, and serve, maybe we ought to put this Pentecostal lens on what we do. Asking the question, does our invitation offer radically inclusive fellowship? And that radically inclusive part is really important. Does our growth mean that we are taking steps to better understand one another, leading us to actual acts of love to people who aren't like us? And as we think about the serve part of our mission, does that service tear down barriers or reinforce them? If we want to join God in the new thing that he is doing, it will be boundary-breaking, and it will call forth the courage of people who are willing to believe that it is even possible, and then follow God in crossing man-made barriers. It will involve people like us sitting down with people who are not like us and beginning to wonder what God might do with us all. Number two, whatever the new thing is that God is doing, it will be community-forming. The old normal was pretty lonely. Many of us lack close ties in our modern existence. We don't often know our neighbors. Many of us have moved away from our families. Almost one-fourth of us consider loneliness to be the most major source of our unhappiness. We are, in a, as a country and as a, as a world, in a, a, a suicide crisis. We have been wildly independent and we are learning that our independence is literally killing us because we are made for community. God knows that we need him and one another. We can't know who we are. And certainly we can't know what to do or how to make decisions moving forward. These days we can't even know what the truth is without each other. And these days are teaching us the power of local communities discerning the truth together 
not going on Facebook and, or necessarily listening to one point of view or another, but discerning the will of God together as a community, as a way of living life, of being able to know even how to take the next step and then living into responsibility to each other. What you catch in that, that early Pentecost uh, church community is that they were responsible to one another. They recognized their need for one another and also the, the need that other people have of, of my part in that community. Viktor Frankl tells of how he would counsel fellow prisoners in Nazi concentration camps, and especially those who were suicidal. And what he told them is actually, actually maybe surprising to, to those of us who wouldn't know what to say. What he told them was, you can't do this because we need you that you actually have an important God-given role, responsibility to the rest of us, that you will be giving up if you don't stay to fulfill that responsibility. We need you. The new thing that God is doing will rediscover this mutual need, the way in which we are formed in communities and the way in which the communities need us and not just the other way around. The old normal was a, a bit consumeristic. It was, a, it was about what God could do for me. What has God done for me lately? But someone said to me this week, I feel more connected to people now than I ever have. It's like the barriers of superficiality have dropped away and we are more real and I'm able to be present for others. Most of us are experiencing worship at home, around tables, perhaps, much like the early church. We're breaking bread with our families, just like the early church did. The new thing God is doing will involve deeper commitments like this, deeper relationships, stronger investments, and more formational community. And this is the role the church must assume. We must live into this new thing. Consumer driven religion is out faith forming community is in third the new thing that god will do will be heart transforming so it will be boundary breaking it will be community forming and it will be heart transforming our old normal was pretty fragmented we frantically chase competing agendas we don't know what our grounding is. Modern life is an interplay of strong personal and political and commercial forces. Our hearts feel scattered and frazzled. But I want you to notice what characterized this post-Pentecostal community of the early church. The description of what was going on in the hearts, the in, inside the internal experience of those who lived in that new thing God was doing. Acts 2.46 says they met, they prayed, they gathered, they broke bread, they shared life, they sacrificed, and, and then with all, all of that with this description, with glad and sincere hearts. Now, the translation here is so important. Let's take those two words. The word glad here is more than just feeling happy. Glad is sort of a benign word for us. But Luke only uses that particular word one other time. Uh, in the, the books of Luke and Acts, which both are written by Luke, the only other time this word is used is at the beginning of the gospel of Luke. And it is when 
Mary goes to visit her cousin Elizabeth and John the Baptist in Elizabeth's womb jumps for joy. He has exuberant joy, this this joy that cannot be contained. That's the word that is used to describe what is going on in the hearts of that early church. The other word is probably even a worse translation. It's the word sincere. They had glad and sincere hearts. And that sounds like just an innocuous word. But what that word literally means is that every obstacle in their hearts had been removed. It literally means smooth. You think of a field that has had all the rocks removed. I'm from Indiana. We don't have a lot of rocks where I'm from. I came down here and I love to garden, but it's always pulling rocks out of the dirt. Luke is saying that all the rocks have been pulled out of the dirt. All of those obstacles between people were gone by the work of God's spirit among them. And I think this, maybe better than anything else, might be the litmus test for us as we are gauging our participation in the new thing God is doing. It's a a heart check of each one of our own hearts. It's not something that can be done for somebody else or to somebody else. It's not the kind of thing that you can get on social media and straighten somebody else, else out. It's not for somebody else to do. It's for me to check in my own heart. And these are the two descriptors. Am I experiencing the exuberant joy that is possible by the spirit of God at work in my life? And is God removing the rocks, the obstacles, so that we have unfettered, unhindered, boundaryless community? God is working to transform your heart toward those very things. And I hope you are one of those individuals whose heart is experiencing that in this time. And I think there are signs of that breaking out for those of us who have eyes to see and ears to hear. Our prayer must be like that of the the hymn, let there be peace on earth and let it begin with me in my own heart. My sense is that is already happening in some ways and we need to notice it. So I don't think we should leave that to chance. And so this is where we end today. I want to provide an opportunity for you and actually call to action to you to enter into a church-wide, community-wide conversation about the the new thing God is doing. And I want to present you with some questions. I'm going to put it on the screen and we're going to leave them up for a second so that you can maybe write those down and then maybe have conversations with your family around the table or if you're uh, home alone to call somebody up and have this kind of conversation to answer these questions. And then tomorrow we're going to send a snippet of the sermon and also these questions by email to everybody in our congregation so that we can be systematic in listening to what God is saying to you so that we can see what the patterns are and begin to see what God might be saying to all of us by listening to each one of us. So I want to leave you with these three questions. What are you ready to get back to as we think about our old normal and the things that uh, we have missed? It's okay to acknowledge that we've lost some things and we, we hope to get back to some things. That's an important part of the conversation. Not everything in the old was bad. Not everything in the old do we need to lose. And it's okay to long for some things that we have lost. The second question, though, is about those things that we ought to leave behind. What do we need to leave behind 
as we've had some space to talk about and think about our old normal, as we've had some perspective, what are some specific things that we ought to say, those are not part of our lives moving forward. Those are not God's best for us. What might we need to repent of? What might we need to leave behind? And finally, what is the new thing that you hope would continue as we sat around our table and talked about this at our house, some of that was you know, very practical. We've had some new recipes, a Tuscan shrimp thing that we've eaten since the quarantine. It's been so good, we've had it a couple times. It could be very practical, but there was also a sense that we had slowed down, that we were sitting around the table having those kinds of discussions in a way that we hadn't before, that this was something new that we hoped would continue. And I think there might be several things that God is doing that are new, that we want to take notice of and listen to each other about, and then begin to see how they become part of our new normal. All of this happens through something bigger than just each one of us, but God's work in us. And so we're going to end today in prayer, praying actually for the kind of unity that Jesus prayed for us. And Pastor Laura is going to lead us in a time of prayer and response that we might be the very people of God that God hopes to form in this time as he is making us and all things new. Let me invite you to join me now in a prayer for unity. Each time I say the phrase, Lord, as you and the Son are one, if you would reply, make us one. Let's pray together. Father, on the night your Son gave himself up for us, he prayed that we, his followers, would be one, just as you and he are one. He prayed that we would be brought to complete unity as a witness to the watching world of your presence and your love. The sending of your spirit has created both the possibility and the power for such radical oneness. And so today we pray, Lord, as you and the Son are one, make us one. We pray that you would break down every barrier that stands in the way of a fuller, more faithful community being formed and our hearts being transformed. By your spirit, empower us to tear down the walls that divide us, that we might show compassion to the poor, befriend the stranger, and include at the table those considered by others to be outsiders. Lord, as you and the Son are one, make us one. By your spirit, embolden us to share our power, acknowledge our privilege, and sacrifice for mercy and justice. Lord, as you and the Son are one, make us one. By your spirit, enlighten us to see the great beauty of diversity, the great value of being in a community where everyone doesn't look like or agree with us and the great power of having unity instead of uniformity within the church. Lord, as you and the Son are one, make us one. By your Spirit, enliven us to live lives worthy of the calling we have received as your people, to be humble and gentle, bearing with one another in love, and to make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Lord, as you and the Son are one, make us one. By your Spirit, enable our hearts to beat with yours, 
so that together we can be about the things that you are about in this world. Lord, as you and the Son are one, make us one. Amen.
slightly unfamiliar words, but you'll get the chorus, and I want you to sing this chorus out loud. But as we're singing the verses, let these words sink in. Just let us sing them out. You can sing along, but they kind of come fast. So let, just let it be a prayer as we sing this song. Let it be a prayer as we hear these words. And then as we come in for the chorus and we sing, and all God's children singing, glory, glory, hallelujah, he reigns. We're going to boldly sing that in our homes. We're going to just boldly sing that in our cars or with the people that we're with, knowing that the power of darkness will tremble as the church continues to sing of her God, to continue to sing of her rescuer. I wish you guys were here with us. We'd all stand up and we'd all be singing together. It's a song of the Redeemer rising from the African plains. It's a song of the forgiven drowning out the Amazon rain. The song of Our God is. 
Thank you for worshiping with us. Before we go into the week ahead, let me share a few next steps with you today. First, if there's any way that we can be praying for you, if there's any spiritual step that you'd like to take, or if you're new to our community, you can let us know that by filling out the communication form on the online platform or through the Broadway app. Also, if you'd like to respond in worship today by giving, we invite you to do that now. You can do that by clicking the Give button at the top of the online worship platform, by visiting our website, broadwayunited.org forward slash give, or through the Broadway app, which if you don't have that yet, you can get that by texting BUMC app to 77977. Finally, starting today, you can register your children for Vacation Bible School. Yes, it's still happening. We're so excited to partner with parents this summer to have an awesome virtual VBS, June the 15th through the 17th. This year's theme is focus, which will help our kids dive deeper into their faith by putting their focus on God and his amazing plan for us. To register your rising kindergartner through fifth grader and to reserve a VBS kit of all the materials that you are going to need, you can visit broadwayunited.org forward slash VBS, or if you have our app, a push notification will be coming to you right after worship today. As we prepare to go, would you join me in this benediction on the screen? As Christ bursts forth from the tomb, may new life burst forth from us and show itself in acts of love and healing to a hurting world. And may the same Christ, who is the source of our new life, keep our hearts rejoicing and grant us peace this day and always. Amen. Would you sing with me? being here with us today and go now into whatever places in your life and your world that you see darkness go and shine the light and love of Christ. Have a great week.